0: You are not that body. You are an eternal, vital, spiritual being. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? you see yourself? Of course. Of course? Well, say you're 20 years old. Ten years ago, in the mirror, you saw something different, which you called yourself and presumed to be yourself. Are you a different person? Yeah, in some ways. But is it the same you? What changed and what stayed the same? See a photo of yourself 10 years ago. What changed and what stayed the same? We learn from the science of chemistry that human bodies are composed of about 99%, six elements, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, carbon, calcium, and phosphorus. And the remaining 1% or so, about 85% of that is made up of sulfur, potassium, sodium, chlorine, and magnesium. And there are trace elements, iron, fluorine, zinc. And if you live in beautiful polluted city, you're going to have Traces of lead, mercury, we hope not. So there you go. You are a bunch of chemicals. The chemical constitution of the body is changing with every breath, every moment, every nanosecond. Continual change is going on. Every time we eat, the chemical composition is changed. Every time we drink, every time we evacuate, we're perspiring, we sneeze and some mucus comes out. All different kinds of exudations, as well as things that we take into the body, they change the chemical composition of the body. But are you really chemicals? Is that all you are? Your mother saw you at birth. She saw you as a 5-year-old, as a 10-year-old, now a 20-year-old. All the chemicals in your body and hers have completely changed in the last 20 years. You won't find an atom that's the same, although the ratios of chemicals and the structure of organs and skeleton and the muscles, they're basically the same, although they've grown and developed. But are you chemicals? Are you really? Is that all you are? A composite of skeletons, flesh, bodily fluids, organs, limbs? Is the, if the body is you, when you poop, do you become something less? If your hand is cut off, your bodily construction becomes less. But does your personality become less? Do you become less? If you're only chemicals, how is it that chemicals... Feel, desire, see, touch, taste, smell, think, have emotions. Neuroscientists say that thoughts are electrical impulses in the brain. So your personality is composed of electric impulses? Really? Is that all you are? All your hopes, ambitions, feelings, love, hate if you hate anyone likes, dislikes, ideas, your whole view of life. It's just all electrical electrical impulses. Whoever taught you this is wrong. At school it's taught that we all evolved from chemicals, and that is the predominant world view on planet Earth at the present time is that there were chemicals, they evolved, they became living beings, we're here today, we are just all chemicals. And more or less, everyone believes it, at least intellectually, if we discuss among ourselves, we'll say, yes, yes, 99%, six different elements, we'll talk like that. But, Not in practical life. A scientist is completely convinced that he and everyone around is chemicals, but he doesn't say to his wife that the chemicals in my brain are creating a feeling of attraction toward the bundle of chemicals, skin, bone, flesh, and so on. That is you. He doesn't say, my dear... 65% oxygen, my dear, 18% carbon, my dear, 9% hydrogen. Uh, My chemicals are feeling tremendous attraction toward your 65% oxygen, 18% carbon, 9% hydrogen, and so on. You don't say like that. You don't feel like that. It's because it's not true. Intrinsically, we all feel and know that we are more than chemicals. Governments force us to go to school to learn that we are chemicals, but their laws don't reflect that. They impose laws upon us that presume that we are more than chemicals. Just like, for instance, if you get an axe and destroy someone's car, chop it up, smash it up, that's a crime, but if you get an axe and you attack a living person and kill them and chop up their body, that's a much worse crime. Why is that? The car is chemicals. The body is chemicals. So destroying a car and destroying a human, living human body, it's the, it's the same. It's just messing up with some chemicals. And may say then, well, but murder causes physical pain to the person who's killed. It wrongly ends their life. It causes so much emotional pain to the people who know him and love him. The car doesn't feel anything. Well, then comes the question, what is the difference between the chemicals in the car and the chemicals in the human body? Why is feeling and pain more important? If you take it that feeling and pain are just something due to chemicals and electrical impulses in the brain, why is that more important than the chemical reactions that make the car run, the combustion of chemicals that causes a car to move or the oxidation that makes it rust? What privilege is the chemicals and the chemical reactions in the body over the chemicals and the chemical reactions in a car. Why do we make a big deal out of murder and not so much out of smashing up a car? Another question, at what point in the supposed evolution of life from chemicals did chemicals started to think and feel and make decisions, and have love and hate, etc.? Where in the chemicals is there feeling, is there volition? You can say, well, there's volition in chemicals, one chemical is attracted to another, but is there emotion? Is there decision? Sure doesn't seem like it. What is the difference between chemicals with sentience and without it? Is it really possible for hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, etc., in combination to think, or for electrical impulses to be conscious? Neuroscientists say our thoughts are just electrical impulses. but Really? Electrical impulses? That's consciousness. People may say that, but it's just theoretical. Those who say that life is just another transformation of matter, they'll protest and try to defend themselves if attacked. Why? They say that consciousness is an illusion produced from matter or it's just another state of matter. Then... Why do you try to defend your body, or why do you feel bad if someone you know suffers serious injury or death? Now you can say, "Well, sure, we can feel the rhythm. <laughs> we feel the body. We feel pain. We feel miserable when we're sick. We feel hunger. We feel thirst. We feel heat. We feel cold." Yeah. Great yogis can overcome that. The fact is that we can all intrinsically perceive that we are more than chemicals. We are inherently spiritual beings. We are more than the body. Spirit gives life to matter. We are spiritual beings. Not that matter gives life. Matter does not come into life at any point. We are spiritual beings. Life comes from life. From a living mother comes a living child, because the mother is living because there is life in the body. Therefore, that body can give birth to another living being. These are the laws of nature going on under the direction of the supreme living being, sometimes called God. Here's a little example. We say, my arm, my head, my mind... Well, cut off your arm, are you still you? Cut off your leg, are you still you? Cut off your head, well, that would mean death, wouldn't it? But does that mean that you are a head? The head is you. Another example. When we say someone has died, we say gone away. Where where did they go? Why do we say that in every language? Someone dies, you say they've gone away. That means we intrinsically understand that the spirit, which was giving life to the body, it's not chemicals. As long as the soul is within the body, it gives life to the body. And death means the soul goes away. That's who we are. Everyone takes us to be the body, but when we die, we say, oh, gone away. That's who we are. We are the spirit within the body. The body is temporary, which is obvious. But when we say someone has gone away, it means that the real person, the real living entity, continues to exist. Body minus soul equals a dead body. But the soul is eternal. The soul was there before the body existed continues to exist in a body for some time, and then continues to exist when it leaves the body. So really the body and the soul are different things, which means the body is dead right now. It's only because of the presence of the soul that we say someone is alive. There's no life in chemicals. Can scientists combine chemicals and make life in the future, in the future? and. I heard that when I was a kid, and they're no closer to doing it even now. There's a big uh, euphoria when they were able to, when they first, scientists were able to make amino acids in in the lab, which they say are the building blocks of life, but they're still no closer to Can they make one mosquito? Can they make one living blade of grass, or even a dead blade of grass for that matter? It's beyond them. Life means spirit. We are spiritual beings. We are not the body. The body is temporary. The soul is eternal. To know this is the most important thing to know. It's the first thing that should be taught to everyone. But it's never taught. Rather the opposite. There's a criminal system of education which Indoctrinates us to believe that we are no more than chemicals. We're simply meant for working hard, don't think, be mindless, just be a robot, work hard all your life, and then you just die to be finished forever. That is the purport of the idea that we're just chemical combination. We have no life, we're not spiritual means there's no real meaning to our life, and then we try to find meaning in it by all the silly things they give us to do, like buying all kinds of useless things, going for useless entertainment, a cold, materialistic, hopeless outlook. No wonder there's so much frustration in the world. No wonder people, depression, all kinds of mental diseases, and addictions, all kind of addictions. The first mental disease is to not understand who we are. We don't even know who we are. We think I'm chemicals. I'm just some kind of chemical robot with some electrical impulses. My feelings, my desires, my ambitions, my perceptions, my love... It's all just chemicals. It's crazy. It's never too late to learn. We can get our life on the right track, first by knowing that we are intrinsically alive by our nature. We're not some chemical come electrical robots. We are alive. We've always been alive, even before this body came into being. We as a spiritual being were alive. And we'll always remain alive. The science of understanding the soul is the basis of India's ancient spiritual culture in which it's understood that cultivating knowledge of the soul, cultivating spiritual awareness is the real purpose of life. Not thinking I'm simply some chemicals destined to go to the scrapyard like a worn out old car. That Spiritual knowledge is still present in the world today, especially in the ancient discourses or eternal discourses on spiritual knowledge called the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. These are available in books translated in all the major languages of the world. Of course, there is a concept of soul in Christianity, but unfortunately, it's all muddled up. They equate the soul with the body and think that the body, which is all rotted away, is going to be revived at the time of death. They think that you are a body with a soul, but the real fact is that we are souls with, again and again and again, in reincarnation, covered by matter in the form of a body, which we, in illusion, identify with. The soul is eternal and, by nature, blissful, but each body that we get is full of disease and suffering. It's temporary. We get body after body after body until we learn the science of the soul and how to attain liberation. So the soul is important. The body is of some importance because presently our consciousness functions through the body we're in. We don't say don't care for the body. The body should be looked after. But at the same time, we should understand our eternal spiritual nature i'll recite two verses from bhagavad gita with english translations which gives us a good clue to get started in understanding this na jayate mriyate vaka dadachen bhutva ajonitya. Shashvato yang purano nahanyate hanyamane sharire. For the soul, there is neither birth nor death at any time. He has not come into being, does not come into being, and will not come into being. He is unborn, eternal, ever existing, and primeval. He is not slain when the body is slain. Vasang si jirnani yatha vihaya, nāvani grihnati nāro parāni, tatāsharirāni vihaya, jirnanyanyanyani sānyati nāvani dehi. As a person puts on new garments, giving up old ones, the soul similarly accepts new material bodies, giving up the old and useless ones. Got that? Your clothes get old give them up, throw them away, get some new ones. Similarly, when the body gets old and useless by the arrangement of material nature, we get a new material body. The goal of life is to stop the cycle of birth and death. It begins with understanding, I'm not the body, I'm not chemicals, I'm an eternal spiritual living being. There's a lot, lot more to say about this. I recommend that you study Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, that's all I'll say for now. Hare Krishna. Vanchakalpa turubhyas chakripa sindhubhyavacha patita nam pavane bhil namo namonamaha.